You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast. Now, I want to kick this episode off right away with, number one, gratitude, so I am really grateful you're tuned in here. But on top of that, I want to start this off with a quote from an individual that I truly look up to, and his name is Dale Carnegie. I am sure you've heard of him, especially if you're listening to a podcast, and he once said, you can make more friends in two months by becoming interested in other people than you can in two years by trying to get other people interested in you. And the reason we're kicking this show off with that quote is because we feel it aligns very closely with what we're diving into today because the gentleman that we are hosting and having the privilege and honor of hosting today, one of the many characteristics and traits or abilities, however you want to frame it, one of the many things I admire about this individual is his ability to create relationships. And that is exactly what we're diving into today. Now, relationships is a very big topic. It could be personal, it could be business, whatever the case is, but the information we're diving into today, the insights and the experiences are magical. Seriously, there's really no other word to put it. Today, we are joined by friend of the show, Kelvin Joseph. Now, Kelvin is the CEO at Cool Kel Marketing. He's a business-to-business strategist, a sports marketing influencer, American Advertising Federation's trendsetter, and real estate marketing expert, just to name a few. Now, Kelvin has helped companies from new startups to Fortune 500s maximize their sales by executing marketing strategies that will communicate their cool. On top of all that, Kelvin was recognized by Inc. Magazine on their top 30 entrepreneurs under 30 the same year as Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg after he took $10,000 and turned it into a multi-million dollar business. Just two years after that, though, the economy tanked, banks were going out of business, the independent retail distribution model was completely destroyed, and Amazon just so happened to buy Zappos. Kelvin wasn't bailed out and had to pay back all of his investors. In his words, Kelvin became afraid, so he started hiding in roles that looked good on paper, such as CPA at 22 years old, CFO at 30 years old, CMO and COO at 35 years old, and all of the amazing titles mentioned earlier as well. Now, Kelvin is a spiritual man, a family man, yet another reason why I really admire him, and CEO determined to pursue happiness instead of success. I'm going to say that one more time. He is determined to pursue happiness instead of success. He is not afraid anymore. He spent the majority of his career advising CEOs and he wants to help all of us fight our fears and get everything we deserve in life. That is exactly what he's helping us do here today and on top of that, helping us build lasting, symbiotic and beneficial relationships. I think that is super, super important. So Kelvin, I am super excited to have you on this show in just a few moments. But with that said, we want to give a huge shout out to our partners that make these episodes happen twice a week on a weekly basis is what I was going to say, but twice a week. So firstly, we want to give a huge shout out to our partner, Jen M. We have received amazing feedback from individuals that have utilized this opportunity to effectively and affordably scale their team by adding interns through the Gen M 
platform. Now, if you're a business owner, you might be a startup and you're bootstrapping, or if you're a corporate executive and you're looking to scale your team, Airbnb uses this platform. I personally use this platform and I'm on the other end of the spectrum as a startup here in New York City with my agency, 1B Branding. I think it is truly important to understand that this platform can be beneficial to anyone looking to add team members. If you're a real estate agent, if you're a business owner, if you're a C-suite executive, whatever the case is, Gen M is providing everyone that checks out their platform a remote intern that could take on duties and tasks and things of that nature that shouldn't really be on your plate. So if this interests no strings attached, all you have to do is check out the link in the show notes of this episode. Again, it is affordable and it is an effective way to scale your team. I love it myself and that is exactly why we partnered with Gen M here at Decoding Success. On top of that, we have one more offer for you. We have been rocking with Audible as a partner since essentially day one. Audible is still partnered with us and still offering all of our listeners a complimentary audiobook of your choice. Yes, you can pick any book from the Audible Rolodex, I'll say. And that book is totally complimentary through the partnership here with Decoding Success and Audible. A ton of folks have already taken advantage of this opportunity and it is still out there for you to take the bull by the horns. So if you are looking to optimize your net time, if you are looking to listen and educate yourself while you're on the treadmill or the elliptical or lifting the weights or laying on the beach or flying on the plane or commuting to work, whatever the case is, Audible is there to help you do just that. So. All you have to do is head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success or to make it easy for you, you could check out the link in the show notes of this episode to claim your completely free, free 99, complimentary audiobook through our partnership with Audible. And without further ado, we now bring to you Kelvin Joseph. Kelvin, first and foremost, I have to express my gratitude. That is always how I start these shows, expressing my gratitude for the interviewee hopping on here. And today it is you. I am super excited to host you and decode your success. So thank you for being here with us today. Matt, you're really smart, man. I love this show. I love the concept. I love how you reached out. Let's do this. Let's, let's, let's provide some content. Let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. First, I love the energy. I love the energy. See, this is why I love you, man. You're, you're awesome. You are awesome. First question for you, straight off the bat, is how do you personally define success? I define success as happiness. And the reality is, is that it's a real personal thing. A lot of times... People are afraid to do things because of the judgment of others. It could be their parents. It could be um, people they work with or people around them. But the reality is, is that everybody wants to be happy. And happiness, happiness means something different for every person. So until you're happy, you're not successful. There's plenty of people with millions or billions of dollars that maybe wish they could have a loved one back that they lost. I mean, it's deep, man. So happiness is success. And I think a lot of people are making great money and they're not happy and they might need to make a little bit of a change. 
Oh, I couldn't agree more. I definitely couldn't agree more, man. For me, you know, fulfillment, happiness, joy, living in bliss, all of those things come to mind when hearing your definition of success and it very much so aligns with mine. So I appreciate you sharing that. And out of curiosity, I have to ask how you find yourself staying on track to achieve happiness or in other words, your definition of success. Well, the the reality is this. Not many people are going to just pay you to be happy, right? So some people want to achieve happiness through their career, through their business. You know, most people who start a business, it's really hard work. You know, the reality of it is, is that sometimes a business or your career could give you the flexibility to create happiness in other areas. Your, your, your spirituality, your family, those are sometimes number one and number two and your career could be a distant third. So for me, my happiness is based on having the flexibility to decide my schedule and have power over my time. That has helped me to, to pick my spots. Sometimes, I'm a little bit of a workaholic and sometimes I'm barely working. You know, I think that's definitely exemplified in in your work and what I see um, on your LinkedIn and knowing your background and things of that nature. And I want to kind of touch on that background, you know, and it's something that I really admire about you. You took $10,000 and turned it into a multi-million dollar business. Can you walk us through that? In, In my early 20s, I definitely did that took that $10,000 and with my wife built it into a multi-million dollar business. We were Inc. Magazine 30 under 30 the same year as Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg was number four. He didn't even make number one. He was number four. My wife was number 25 and I was number 26 on the list. So, so I really have, I felt like the entrepreneurism was always in me. I left a huge accounting firm, EY, to basically become a shoe salesman. So people thought I was crazy. Um, But the reality of it is, is that we had a concept and we went for it. And we bootstrapped and we did what we had to do. But the reality is we had a lot of great relationships. We were able to cut a deal with with Amazon. Amazon was sending us a $100,000 purchase order every month. So we were able to really grow that business by building relationships. But the other thing that I find compelling is that good times and bad times teach you a lot. So in 2008, banks were going out of business. It's the the biggest recession in, in the country's history. And I didn't get a bailout. A lot of companies got bailouts, the big ones. I didn't get a bailout. I was a small guy. Every single independent retailer in the country that sold shoes was going out of business. They don't even exist anymore. You can't find an independent shoe store. In addition, PayPal, I'm sorry, Payless is out of business too. And that's like the cheapest shoe store. They can't even stay in business. The reality is I was good because we had Amazon. But then what I learned is that if you don't, control your customer, you don't control your business. So Amazon bought Zappos, closed down their shoe website that was competing with Zappos. It was a site called endless.com. So um, 
Amazon created Endless.com to compete with Zappos. But when they bought Zappos, they closed that down. So I didn't get picked up by Zappos. And when Amazon closed Endless.com, I stopped getting orders, stopped getting purchase orders. And my whole business was built around servicing Amazon. So I had to run and hide in corporate America for for 10 years because my kids didn't like eating ramen noodles. So it wasn't until recently, now that I turned 40, that I'm back. I launched Kukel Marketing and I'm relaunching Samantha Shoes direct to consumer to control my customer and build community of women that want stylish shoes that are comfortable but available in larger sizes. And I'm solving a global problem where women whose foot is above a size 10, they can't find shoes. I'm solving that global problem with my wife. She's in Brazil right now. I guess when this airs, um, the situation is going to be that we're going to have launched this line and it's going to be all over the world. But for now, we're launching. I love it, man. Listen, every time I talk to you, this is exactly why I love connecting with you. Every single time we're connecting, I'm learning something. And you talked about many, many important keys or, or findings or learnings or experiences in that situation, whether it was relationships, um, you know, going for it when you have that concept. The one that stands out to me is, you know, if you don't control your customer, you don't control your business. And my next question was going to be, if you could share with us only one lesson from this journey, what would it be? Would it be that controlling your customer, you don't control your business, or is there something else? There's so much. And this is part of the reason why with KuCal Marketing, I'm trying to help CEOs, help um, Fortune 500 companies that, that have marketing goals that are lofty. The reality is for me is that I learned that failure is part of success. It's not the opposite of success. Failure is part of success. And I am, you could either learn from your own mistakes. That would make you really smart. If you learn from your own mistakes, you're really smart. <laughs> but if you want to be wise, you'll learn from the mistakes of others. And if you're relying on a huge company and they are making up a large part of your business, that's great to work with that company. But just know that they can snap their fingers and they basically are running your company. They own your company because without them, you're nothing. So I don't want to set up, I don't advise people to set up their business where they're basically working for a company. So I can admit it. Like I, I started a business where I was basically a seven-figure employee for Amazon. And when they didn't want me anymore, you know, I didn't have a business. So 10 years later now, I'm helping entrepreneurs and I'm helping myself. I'm going right back. I'm launching that same business and watch what happens. I'm determined, I'm aggressive, and I'm coming. Now, Kelvin, I have to tell you, you know, you've been helping individuals through relationships over the course of that 10 years where you were in corporate America. I mean, myself being one of them. And honestly, man, from your your content and, you know, just the way you facilitate relationships and, and honestly take care of them. I guess foster would be a great word to use. It's been something very admirable and I know you touched on it. So I kind of want to go into that topic right now, the topic of relationships. And my first question straight off the bat, it may seem quite basic, but I would still love your opinion on this and your perspective on it. What do you feel are the fundamentals for building meaningful relationships? If you want to build a relationship, you need three things. 
And this is undeniable. If you want to build a relationship, you have to have awareness, likability, and trust. You need to build awareness, likability, and trust. And you wrap that all in with good communication, where your humility exceeds your ability. That is critical. That that awareness, that likability, that trust. Because listen, if I don't know you, I don't like you, I don't trust you, I'm not doing any business with you. It doesn't matter how, how nice your website looks or how good your sales pitch is or how smooth you think you are in a meeting. If I don't know you, I don't like you, I don't trust you, I'm not doing any business. Now, let me tell you where most businesses fail at building relationships. They build a relationship that's kind of like a bill collector. What is a bill collector like? They only call you when they want money from you and they're trying to extract dollars from you. That's not a relationship. That's a bill collector. That's why people don't want to talk to certain salespeople, how they act and how they approach their business. The other thing is, is that some people approach marketing like a cheap date. They send out a post in social media, or they they put out some kind of Facebook ad, and then they think they want to get a sale. That's like a cheap date. You take me out for a dinner, and then like you're trying to go all the way on the first day you met me. So it's like, I nobody likes that. Pe- no, people do not like to be sold to, but they love to buy. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more there. And I'm curious, you know, you brought up a really good point, you know, kind of along the lines of whether it's salespeople or just generally in, you know, the relationship realm, kind of, and I'm guilty of this myself, you you only really hit people up, especially when you get busier, right? When you get busier, you get older, you're not hanging out at the, the clubs anymore, you know, as you're growing businesses and things of that nature, scaling in corporate America, whatever the case is, you know, you, you don't have as much time to just kind of go through your phone and shoot a hey text. So my question to you is, you know, in regards to only hitting someone up when you quote unquote need them, how do you foster relationships around that? Like, do you literally have, you know, a tool in in your calendar that says, Hey, reach out to this person today and say, hello. Do you have, you know, birthdays stored in your contacts? I know that's what a friend of mine does. So he could reach out on everyone's birthday when he gets alerted. Like, I'm curious, what do you feel like is um, the the necessities to do in that situation? I'm going to tell you something, you know, already. I love LinkedIn. (laughs) I love LinkedIn. I use it to kind of stay in touch with people. I When I post something, and I post almost every day, when I post something, I respond to every single comment. I respond to every single direct message personally. And on top of that, I take a look at who's viewing my profile. And I I say what's up to those people um, from time to time. And I use LinkedIn as my primary source to keep in touch with people. I don't even have, I'm basically in the Guinness Book of World Record because I have the largest LinkedIn following without having any other social media platform. I have no Facebook account. I have no Instagram account. But I have have 40,000 people following me on LinkedIn with a reach, a secondary reach of 50 million people without having any other social media. So I don't have time for other social media. So I I use LinkedIn to keep in touch with people. And if you're in my inner circle, we're we're having dinner and things of that nature. At the end of the day, how many people do you actually 
really are really close with. You probably have a really close inner circle and then the rest the rest could be kept in touch with via LinkedIn. And people are feeling me on LinkedIn, they're probably meeting up with me and having dinners and things of that nature. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I, I think that, you know, what you did, you went deep and not wide, right? A lot of us spread ourselves thin across literally all of the platforms. We're on, you know, the Instagrams, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the the LinkedIn's, the the this one, the that one, whatever, whatever's out there. We all feel like we're on them. But I, I really admire what you did. You went super deep, right? You you stuck to one. You you noticed it was working, you doubled down on it, you tripled down, quadrupled down, whatever the case is, you went in and look, it's reaped the benefits. And with that said, you know, when it comes to LinkedIn, I think this is a really crucial topic because personally right now, Kelvin, as you know, I'm going as hard as I possibly can on LinkedIn at the moment. I need to talk to you about LinkedIn, right? Do those same fundamentals that you mentioned in regards to relationship building apply for a platform like LinkedIn? Does it apply for social media when it comes to that awareness and likability and trust? And if so, how do you create that with such an influx and an abundance of people on these platforms? The first thing you have to do is actually care. You have to actually care about people Otherwise, they'll pick up on it. If you don't actually care and the person is just a number to you, then it's probably hard to build that, that you'll probably get awareness. You're probably not going to get likability and trust, which is essential for the relationship. Now, what people do on LinkedIn is they try to connect with people. I'm not sure what that even means anymore. They have a connection. But the first thing they do is say, how can we help each other? How can we make money together? Like, yo, I just met you, dude. Like, I don't even know you. And I definitely don't like you yet. And the way you're talking, I don't trust you. So we don't have a relationship. So let, let's slow down, buddy. You know, I don't want you to get me like pregnant just by this conversation, you know? So it's just insane how impatient people are because they're just in a rush to get to the next person. Listen, slow it down. If I'm worth talking to, I'm worth talking to. If I'm worth having, I'm worth waiting for. So let's slow it down a little bit on these platforms. Don't just go right into sales mode. And some people are using these um, robo things like uh, automation. There's a lot of automation companies that can get you a bunch of connections on these platforms. But then they send this this message to a thousand people, a thousand CEOs. And listen, if you don't have time to actually reach out to a CEO, you don't deserve that business anyway. So all this robo dialing and robo connecting, I don't believe in it. As soon as somebody sends me something, sends me something that I think was either sent by a third party or by some kind of technology, it's immediately discarded. Um, but I think for me, that's why I only focus on one platform because I could personally touch every person I'm talking to. Yeah, for sure. Now, what caused you to realize the importance of relationships? And the reason I ask that is because, it, it, again, it obviously it might be a, a bit obvious, but maybe there's some underlying factor that personally happened to you that made you realize like, hey, like I'm in the relationship business, you know, and that's, that's what spurred that question. I think we're all in the relationship business. And even if we're selling a toothpaste or a consumer product, you know, having that relationship with the customer is what a lot of companies are struggling with. So 
it's a race to the bottom on price if, if you don't have a relationship. So everybody wants to be happy. We de I defined success as happiness earlier in the call, right? So if everybody wants to be happy, and that means different things for, for different people, I need to be able to make a positive impact on whoever I'm talking to. It's not just about if my service could help their business. I not only want to help their business, I want to help them. If someone's working at a Fortune 500 company, helping their company is not the only thing that's important to them. How does that help make them look within the company? I've noticed that chief marketing officers are, are either leaving or being asked to leave companies every 18 to 36 months. It seems like a cycle where it's um, musical chairs. I think there needs to be some empathy for that situation, as well as I believe when it comes to relationships, you need to give, 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 and you'll never need or want anything. I try to give first, and then if I give to a thousand people, I only need one or two people to reciprocate, and I don't really care which ones it is. So I'm betting for the long term, for the long haul, that if I help thousands of people, that some good is going to come back to me. So Matt, when you make it big and you're this huge guy, I'd be like, listen, Matt, it's me, Kelvin, over here. Can I get a crumb? <laughs> no, man, listen, trust me, you're going to get more than a crumb. I told you earlier before we even started recording this episode that we've had a, a few uh, phone conversations and, you know, that, that main conversation we had, man, it was very, very meaningful. That's exactly why you're here, because I want to be able to amplify your message to this audience and share this platform with you. This is your platform today. And honestly, we're already dissecting a whole ton of value from this. And honestly, relationships just, you know, I'm sitting here jotting notes. So if you hear my pen going, it's because <laughs> I'm taking notes myself. And I, I mean, I have to ask this, knowing your relationships, you have amazing relationships with individuals such as the Mark Cubans and the Magic Johnsons, the, the Brandon Steiners, who's made an appearance on this show as well. What have you learned from being in proximity to such individuals? One of the things that I learned is that these individuals are just like us. And they're just, they will not take no for an answer. They don't take no for an answer. They're always thinking about what what's next or what what else. And the reality of of that piece of it is that determination where their investment or their care for what people think about them does not stop them from doing what they need to do. And I think that a lot of successful people are just so determined and they, they, they fail, they fail, they fail. It's like whoever is the most successful is the ones that fail the most. They just put themselves out there and, and they got their butt kicked so many different times. And I've gotten my butt kicked a few times myself. And that sometimes when you, when you fall down, you, you want to stay down and you, and you get down on yourself. And I've been learning like, listen, when you fall down, you're just that much closer to where you need to be. It's almost like a setback 
is a setup for a comeback. And if you just stay that tenacious and 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 you know you got to be flexible too, and you got to be open to change because you you could you could be in a situation where what you thought is not actually what it is. So you know those are some things that have been helpful to me. But the the key thing that I've learned from individuals like that is that they weren't fully concerned about if people liked them or not. They they really had a vision and and they went for it. Yeah. I think that's a, you know, a huge takeaway is just literally going for it. And I think we learned that when we had Brandon on the show and I appreciate you sharing that very great piece of value. I'm going to repeat it for everyone. A setback is a setup for a comeback. I love that. I love that. That's ringing bells in my mind right now. And on the topic of talking about a, a couple of, you know, legendary sport figures, I have to ask you, man, what do the Knicks have to do to get back in the playoff picture? <laughs> think making the playoffs is that all we want that's what we aspire to we we waited almost 50 years to just make the playoffs now i think we got to change that question man make the playoffs <laughs> the playoffs uh, a long time ago uh Alan iverson was like practice you're talking about practice you're talking about the playoffs i'm talking about a championship what are my knicks gotta do to win a championship well i think that there have been some blueprints out there. If you look at the Clippers and you look at the Brooklyn Nets, they developed a core that can make the playoffs and then they added some superstars that, and we'll see how it works out. But they had a, a great organization top to bottom and they set themselves up in a situation where excellent superior talent wanted to come there. It was a slap in the face this year with um, Kyrie and Kevin Durant going to Brooklyn. I mean, come on, right down, right down the street. What are we doing? So I think that the Knicks need, and I think they might be starting to, to, to realize that you can't just go from 17 wins to a championship because nobody wants to mess with you. But the reality is you need to build a strong core and, and then add to that core. And, and if you look at the recent history, um, that's been happening. You have to have a good organization where people will trust you. And if they trust you, then you could get superior talent. No, I agree, man. I agree. But I do believe we are on track for at least a, a playoff run in the next two to three years. And listen, you know, you talk about happiness a lot. I'll be happy right now with the playoffs. And I'm not saying I'm settling for that, but I just want to be happy with my Knicks again, man. That, that's really what spurred that question. I really nah, want to Matt, I got to interrupt you. You are wilding out right now. If the Knicks wanted to make the playoffs this year, they could have. They could could have um, got to second tier free agents and made the playoffs. Um, they could have drafted. I mean, they could have signed Boogie Cousins and and, and and a couple other guys and made the playoffs. But if they do this to placate the Knicks fans like you, Matt, we'll be waiting another fifty years. We need a championships. We need to forget about the playoffs and focus on what is it going to take to win a championship. My good buddy Walt Clyde Frazier is the last one to do that. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. That was before my day. But listen, it's coming. I'm, I'm confident it's coming. And listen, Kelvin, I need to respect your time, but I still have two more questions coming for you. The first one being, what was a piece of advice that you've been given that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time? Yeah. Well, as you might know, I started off, I started off my career 
as as a CPA. I was a CPA um, at 21 years old, working at um, one of the biggest firms in the world, EY. And I've I've always been a risk risk taker. I left that opportunity to become an entrepreneur and, and had great success. Um, then I had when things when the economy tanked, I had to run back to corporate America. But as I grew up in corporate America, I realized that. I had to move to the revenue side of the business. It was it was opportunity. I went into I was the chief financial officer at a fifty million dollar sports marketing company owned by Omnicom. I thought I was crushing it. I go into my boss and ask for a raise, and <laughs> he said, "Kelvin, I love you, but you're the highest paid person here. That doesn't bring in any damn sales." And then that helped me to realize that if you don't generate revenue, you are an expense. And the more you make, the more expensive you are to the company, the more your job is at risk. So I think a lot of people don't want to learn how to build relationships. A lot of people don't want to sell anything. But if you don't sell anything and if you don't produce revenue, you're basically in a popularity contest. And I think that's why a lot of CMOs at at big companies are only making it 18 months on the job before they have to move to another job. Because they're not embracing the fact that if we don't have any sales, we don't have a business. And I didn't want to hear that at first. Yeah, no, listen, that's great advice. I I mean, it resonates with me on a high level. I've been in similar positions where, you know, I'm not directly in the realm of bringing in revenue, although my projects at the time were definitely contributors to to revenue. So, you know, that, that hits home for me. And, you know, last question here, if someone came up to you today, as you're hopping in an Uber or getting on a plane, whatever you're doing, you're kind of crunched for time. If someone came up to you seeking a piece of advice to achieve their definition of success in that moment, what would you tell them? I would tell them, be tenacious, but patient with the understanding that happiness is success. But at the same time, your humility needs to exceed your ability. Yes, your humility needs to exceed your ability because when you try to just pull yourself up, the haters will drag you right back down. But when you push other people up with you, you know, they become your cheerleaders. They become your fans. They look, they want you to win. And then that can only happen if you're humble. You can't be running a business and then you want someone to love the business as much as you. If you want them to love the business as much as you, why don't you give them half of the business? And, and then they'll love it as much as you. If it's your business, humble yourself and understand that you're the star of your movie, but we're all on the set. So I'm the star of, of the movie of my life, and you might be an extra in my life. You might be a supporting actor or an actress. So you gotta realize the movie of our lives, everybody's a star. And until you realize that you might just be an extra on the set of my movie, then you'll have that humility to understand that you need to bring value to the table and bring something before you take. Boom. Just like that. That's some value right there. I appreciate that, man. Wow. You know, we've never heard that on this show before. Be tenacious, but patient. You, you hit the nail on the head with that. And the way you elaborated on that, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here. 
I barely have words coming out of my mouth. I'm literally, I'm, I'm sitting here writing down, man. I appreciate you, Kelvin. Where can people keep up with you on social? I know you said you're only on LinkedIn. So where can people get you on LinkedIn? You have any special projects coming up? Any websites they need to check out? Any shameless plugs? They're not shameless right now. So drop them. My name is Kelvin Joseph, also known as Cool Kel. You could get me on LinkedIn at Kelvin Joseph or sign up to my company page, Cool Kel Marketing, or hit me at coolkel.com. K-O-O-L-K-E-L. All K's, baby. Let's go. I love it. I love it. Kelvin, thank you again for hopping on here. I truly do appreciate it. All right. And there you have it from my guy, Kelvin Joseph himself. Kelvin, really grateful for this opportunity, man, to be able to amplify your experiences, your insights, your knowledge, your wisdom to all of our members of the Decoding Success Faithful community. So shout out to you, everyone. If you're tuned into this, listen, make sure you connect with Kelvin. And again, if you're not on LinkedIn yet, this is just another sign for you to get there. This is where the game changers, the the playmakers, this is where they hang out. This is their playground. They are not on Snapchat. I promise you that they are on LinkedIn. So if you're looking to get in touch with Kelvin, you can find all of his links his LinkedIn, his company website, all that good stuff in the show notes of this episode. Or if you're proactive and you don't want to wait till the end of this and you just want to check it out right now, you could hop over to the next app while still listening to just type in his name, which is Kelvin Joseph. You'll be able to find that really easily because he is big time on there. So with that said, as always, I like to dive into the key points that really resonate with me on a super high level. And as always, I have to say it, it's just really challenging to only pick three, we're going to do it. We're going to make that happen. And I want to start with the last point that I was writing down. And it really came down to what was spurred after asking about the proximity that Kelvin has had with other individuals, game changers, really, and what he's learned from them while being in proximity to them. Again, the Magic Johnsons, the Mark Cubans, the Brandon Signers, people of that nature. And it has nothing to do with fame or anything like that. I just always like to ask about how people in proximity of individuals like that, how they or what they learn from these individuals. And, you know, I think Kelvin hit the nail on the head with just a few points. You know, he said that successful people don't take no for an answer. And I couldn't agree with him anymore. You know, you're just so determined. You're so you have that passion burning with inside of you to continuously push forward, even when you do get knocked down. And on top of that, he also mentioned that successful people have failed the most. And, you know, that really resonated with me because I was just having a conversation with a gentleman the other day, a really good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, I would even say. And I told him that I was actually scared to do X, Y, and Z. And when I said that, I realized that what I was saying was that I was scared to fail. And I have to, and again, I'm speaking from a personal standpoint, and I hope that this resonates with you on some level. It's like failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is actually a part of success. And I needed to grasp that. And hearing this from Kelvin, it really, you know, was eye-opening. So I really appreciate that point. Well, we'll consider those two points. The first point, the second is... The fundamentals of building a relationship. As Kelvin mentioned, there's three, right? There's awareness, likability, and trust. Oftentimes, I don't go into relationship building thinking about any of these, and I would even pose the question on you, is 
that's something that you do when you go to a networking event or when you're trying to connect with someone on social, even if it is from a personal standpoint, right? Those three keys are the key to building any type of relationship. It's just not about business. It's about relationships in their entirety. So the next time you're looking to connect with people, again, whether personal or professional or in between, whatever the case is, are you utilizing the three keys? Awareness, likability, and trust. And I think it really resonates or really rings bells with the quote that I mentioned earlier in the show to open this episode up from Dale Carnegie, right? So everything's really starting to tie together here. And lastly, you know, we're living in this digital era. So not every day am I personally out there at networking events or doing this or doing that. Sometimes I like to just network on social media. And it was a question that I had for someone that I, again, really admire his abilities to be able to build relationships, foster those relationships and continuously grow those relationships. So I had to ask, what's the secret or what's the the formula for networking on social and it really comes down to the same thing it's just the fact that there's such an influx of individuals trying to do the same thing where i feel like it's rather challenging but again it just comes down to how can you number one create awareness generate likability and generate trust i think those three keys right there are exactly how i am going to focus all of my relationships even the ones that i currently have i'm going to make sure i'm going to go back make sure that there is awareness likability and trust with all of my relationships thus far and the ones moving forward and i think that's something that all of us can apply to our relationships and how we build them from here on out so again those three points are successful people not taking no for an answer and realizing that successful people fail the most failure is not the opposite of success but it's part of success on top of that the fundamentals of networking awareness likability and trust and the secret sauce the formula for building and maintaining and fostering successful relationships in a digital era those are the three keys that i pulled away from this i would love to know what you felt resonated with you the most so make sure you hit me up on social at m-a-t-t underscore l-e-b-r-i-s at matt underscore Labrie on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. I mean, we're talking about LinkedIn. I might as well tell you where to find me. It's just Matt Labrie. Very simple. You could find all of my links in the show notes of this episode. I would love to generate some conversation around this and understand your takeaways. If you found this episode to be of value, which I am 99.99999% you did, I'm going to ask you to make sure you're sharing this to continuously spread the value with other individuals. I think that's really the the a main key here. It's like you have the opportunity to be of value to someone else who wouldn't want that feeling of fulfillment, right? I think it's super fulfilling to be able to put out content that resonates with people and that provides them with experiences from great individuals just like Kelvin, insights, wisdom, knowledge, all things of that nature. I find fulfillment in that. And now you, I'm passing the ball, I'm putting the ball in your court. You have the opportunity to do so as well because if this was a value to you, just make sure you're sharing it. It can be a value to someone else as well. Well, lastly, I want to ask you, request of you to 
do us a favor, and it's kind of a weird way to ask this, but I'm gonna ask you to do us a favor. If you have not left us a rating and review yet, we are striving to hit our goal of 200 ratings and reviews by the end of 2019, which we're getting close. And again, you have the power to help someone reach their goal, which is a very powerful thing. It takes less than a minute, honestly takes rather close to 30 seconds. All you have to do, especially if you're tuned in from iTunes or you know just the podcast app on your Apple device, Device. All you have to do is scroll down to the bottom and leave the review. That would mean the absolute world to us as we are on our quest, our journey to hit our goal of 200 ratings and reviews before the end of the year. Now, until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.